Hello, everybody. This is Nancy Duarte, life coach, former family therapist with 24 years of experience from nancyduarte.coach, and you're listening to the Naked Truth Podcast. Today's subject is close to my heart. Lately, since I have created my new and amazing course, the Naked Truth Mastermind Course at nakedtruth.life, I have begun answering my students relating all to the same subject this week, exploring the manipulative power of liars and famous stories to learn from. Unfortunately, the subject of today's discussion is not an uncommon one. It's rather bleak. Nevertheless, we all have a shared experience in that we have either been misled by somebody or we have deceived another person. In some cases, we may tell an insignificant falsehood to get out of a tricky situation or to avoid expressing our true feelings. People might argue about what counts as a white lie, but where the phrase comes from is clear. If you've left a date because of a sick, not so sick relative, you've told a white lie. Telling a fib like this one to protect yourself and others sometimes makes things easier, but often telling lies only makes things harder. Still, why are these called white lies in the first place? It's true that lying is often viewed as a negative behavior and people who lie are often seen as untrustworthy or immoral. However, it's important to recognize that everyone lies to some extent, whether it's telling a white lie to spare someone's feelings or a more significant deception to avoid getting into trouble. It's also true that we may be more likely to deny the possibility that we ourselves are liars because of the negative connotations associated with the behavior. We may be reluctant to admit to ourselves or others that we have lied because we fear judgment or consequences. However, acknowledging and addressing our own tendency to lie can be an important step in improving our communication and relationships with others. It can also help us develop a greater self-awareness and integrity. Check this out. I'm going to mention a few of the little white lies everyone is guilty of every single day. Number one, your boyfriend is great. This is what you may think. No, he isn't. He's a self-centered womanizer wanted in 27 states. But you won't tell your friend that. Then you begin to tell yourself, it is my job to be her friend and I should not be a coward and tell her the truth. Number two, I love how you cut my hair. Excuse me, but you hear your hair doesn't look like it was cut so much as it was mowed. Ha ha. That is a terrible thing to think about. A lot of us have trouble telling beauticians or waiters or whomever we pay for a service that the service stank. In one study, 85% of restaurant diners told waiters that their dining experience was good when it wasn't. The real interesting finding, writes Guy Winch in Psychology Today, was that diners who told white lies to cover up their dissatisfaction were then likely to leave bigger tips than those who did not. The reason? something called cognitive dissonance, in which our actions do not match our beliefs. 
creating a state of psychological and emotional discomfort. We tend to resolve cognitive dissonance by overcompensating, which means that even though you just got a haircut only Malcolm Gladwell would like, you still leave your beautician a handsome tip. Number three, I'm fine, honest. No, you're not, you're a mess, but you're a mess who either doesn't want to burden your friends or assumes they don't wanna be burdened by your troubles. You might be right. Ask Freud and he'll say, you're trying to avoid feelings that cause you anxiety. Completely understandable, but as defense mechanisms go, it's a lousy one. That's because you don't go face to face and overcome your fears. But then, so what? Maybe you haven't thought about it enough to know how you really feel about a situation. When we do, think it out. We may realize we've just overreacted to a slight or that we're too tired to rehash a lousy day. There's no law that says your partner or friend gets complete access to every single one of your thoughts and feelings. Don't miss this. So why is lying a problem? Lying is harmful to ourselves and to the people we are in relationships with. Lying is an act of betrayal and it violates the trust your friend, partner, or family member is trying to build with you. When people uncover lies, depending on how damaging the lies are, some relationships are ruined beyond repair. The risk is not worth losing such a valuable connection. Lying also goes more complicated the longer someone lies. When people lie, they have to tell more and more lies to cover up the truth, which gets more and more stressful and emotionally draining. Because lies hide a part of ourselves and our feelings, it also becomes more and more difficult for people who lie to know how they truly feel. Telling the truth is challenging, but it also frees us from the burden of dishonesty and makes our friendships and relationships more trusting and stable. If you have lied to someone you care about, apologize, ask for forgiveness, and let them know how much you want to change this behavior. If you struggle with lying and are unsure how to stop, you can talk to a counselor or mentor about breaking the cycle. If lying has hurt you, a mentor can help you find ways to rebuild trust in your relationships. Number four, my child isn't fat. Well, let's put it this way. Little Joey may in fact not be fat, but according to a study, a third of all parents underestimate their child's weight. Worse yet, for a severely obese child with a BMI at the 98 percentile, there was an 80% chance that the parent would classify their child as a healthy weight. Number five, I'll let you go. No matter what you want, is for them to let you go. Telling someone who is yammering on and on, I really have to go, may strike some as rude. So by turning it around, you're putting the on us on yourself and you're the one holding them up by listening to their endless blather. White lies often come from a sense of compassion, not a desire to deceive. Don't miss these almost effortless ways to make yourself a nicer person. Number six, you did great. Other than the fact that you failed miserably, that is, we all want to know that we're successful at whatever it is we're doing, it's good for our self-esteem. And it has been reported over and over again that to the end of society has gone crazy slapping each other on the back or awarding trophies for coming in 12. 
But even kids as young as four aren't fooled by false praise. Children are surprisingly accurate in identifying who excels and who struggles. Number seven, no, I don't have any questions. Yes, you do, probably loads. But whether it's at work, talking to your accountant, or flying to Mars, when asked, do you have any questions, a few of us are willing to look clueless and ask, can you please go over that for the 12th time? Instead, we feign knowledge. Number eight, I'd be happy to. No, you wouldn't. Imagine your new BFF asked, will you pick me up at the airport three states away? Or if your boss asked you to take over that new account, even though he's loaded you up with 12 other new accounts. Now, they both put you on the spot. But rather than tell off your friend or take a chance of disappointing your manager, you cheerfully reply, I'd be happy to. Liar, the fact is you don't know how to say no. And worse, once you said you'll do it, you're obligated. Number nine, we'll see. The definition of we'll see, we're not doing that. All parents have trotted this one out, mostly because we don't find what kids want to do all that interesting, and we're too gutless to say so. But say this too often and the kids will see through it, and that can affect your relationship. In the long term, being caught in repeated lies means our kids learn we can't really be trusted. Kids need their parents to be a rock of certainty, and each lie is a chip off that certainty. Let's take this a bit further. Do you know how to spot a liar? Here are seven clues anyone can use to spot a liar. You know the old saying, liars never look you in the eye. There's actually some truth. Here are a few more science-backed secrets for how to tell if someone is trying to deceive you. Is their face giving it away? You may think a smile can easily disguise your true feelings, but the expressions that flash across a liar's face will give away what they're really thinking, whether they know it or not. Experts advise paying close attention to hard to hide micro expressions. And these clues are often so difficult to detect that even trained experts have trouble discerning them. But you may be able to spot a liar by the red color on their cheeks, since anxiety can cause people to blush. Other ways to tell if someone is lying? Flared nostrils, nip, lip nibbling, deep breathing, and rapid blinking, which hint that the brain is working overtime. Does the body language follow the story? It's more important to examine a person's entire demeanor as there's no one feature that's apt to give away how to spot a liar. Honesty is characterized by features that are in sync with one another. So pay attention to posture, like an animal avoiding detection. A liar may pull his arms and legs inward or keep his movements to a minimum, anything to appear smaller. Liars often shave their hands behind their back because those fidgety digits might give them away. How is this person smiling? How to tell if someone is lying could come down to something as simple as a smile. A bright grin can sometimes mask a person's true feelings. So look closely at how someone is smiling. You may be able to detect the emotions he or she is trying to hide, such as fear, anger, or disgust. A true smile will incorporate both a person's lips and eyes. How is this person speaking? Although a change in voice can be the tip-off in how to spot a liar, experts say that to be sure, 
You should also pay attention to a person's speech rate and breathing pattern. If it either speeds up or slows down, chances are you're not hearing the whole truth. What is the person saying? Listening to someone's choice of words is a good way to tell if someone is lying. Liars tend to avoid words like but, nor, or except, and whereas, because they have trouble with complex thought process. They're also less likely to use the words I, me, and mine in their attempts to distance themselves psychologically from their tall tales Liars tend to communicate using fewer personal pronouns. Are they behaving differently? Experts believe changes in a person's baseline, how she generally conducts herself, are worthy of your attention when trying to spot a liar. You should weigh their rate of speech, the tone of their voice, and their posture and hand gestures against what you know, along with the contents of the situation. When your husband says, I love the tie you bought me. While he's wearing a tight smile that doesn't reach his eyes, expect to see him in a turtleneck. Is the question simple or embarrassing? It's normal for someone to look away when asked a difficult question, but when someone avoids your gaze when asked a simple question, you should be suspicious. Lying can be a complex and difficult issue to understand and cope with, particularly when it causes hurt or harm. The real problem with telling lies, it's not what you think. Most of us tell little white lies here and there, but according to new research, the habit could be downright dangerous. The truth hurts, or is it lying that hurts more? Most people would agree that dishonesty leads to a variety of negative results, including broken trust, destroyed relationships, lost jobs, and even criminal convictions. So why do people lie? Most people lie in order to make themselves look better, to avoid hurting people's feelings, or to gain social status in some way. Lying is never ideal, but new research has shown that it can actually be quite sinister because it paves the way for more and bigger lies. Lying is a common feature of social interactions among humans. This behavior even occurs in some animals, such as monkeys. Lies often lead to some benefits. For example, a person may lie to avoid social embarrassment. While some people lie more frequently than others, it is not typically a sign of mental health condition. Pathological lying is different. It may be a sign of an underlying mental health condition, such as a personality disorder. Pathological lies are compulsive and may start small. The lies can gradually become more elaborate and dramatic, particularly if they are necessary to cover up for an earlier lie. They often become complicated by unnecessary amounts of detail. People who lie frequently are not necessarily pathological liars. The most distinguishing feature of a pathological lie is that it does not have a motive. Therefore, a person who frequently exaggerates stories to make themselves appear more interesting or consistently lies to cover up mistakes that they have made is unlikely to be a pathological lying. These are clear motives that advance particular interests. Pathological lies are easy for others to verify, which can ultimately be harmful to the person who tells them. For example, 
The individual may make false accusations or grandiose claims about their past that are simple for others to check. Diagnosis. Pathological lying is not a formal diagnosis, but a doctor or therapist may recognize the behavior as a sign of another underlying condition, such as personality disorder. These disorders include overlapping symptoms, including compulsive lying. People with these conditions also display other signs. It is possible for pathological lying to be an independent symptom as some people engage in pathological lying without having any underlying medical condition. It can be challenging for a doctor to determine whether someone is engaging in pathological lying because there are no psychological or biological tests for it. To diagnose most mental health conditions, a doctor will use a clinical interview. If the person is not honest about their lying, it could be necessary for the doctor to talk with family members or friends to help identify patterns of pathological lying. So how do, do you cope with someone who is a pathological liar? Coping with someone who lies pathologically can be challenging. Forming and maintaining a trusting relationship with this person can take time and patience. It is important to remember that that person may not intend to cause harm or benefit from these lies. Pathological lying can be a compulsion. It often leads to negative consequences for the person telling the lies. Therefore, try to avoid responding angrily or blaming them for the lies. It is also helpful to be aware that pathological lying may be a sign of an underlying mental health condition. Talking to the person about whether they have any other symptoms can help them identify the problem and seek help from a doctor or therapist. I call these people unusual suspects. I'm going to discuss some real life cases that stand out for the most part because they're odd and dangerous. Or more precisely, you begin to say to yourself, what? For instance, why would a blind man become a bank robber? More curious, how did he succeed? Who marries 82 times or commits 3,300 burglaries? Why would a successful doctor claim to have access to a sperm bank when he was really the sole supplier? Okay, enough questions. Better they explain themselves. There was once a man by the name of Robert Vernon Toy. He was legally blind, but that didn't stop the enterprising Hasmeyer for knocking over 17 banks. How about Dr. Cecil Jacobson told patients he had access to a sperm bank? In truth, he was the source and may have fathered dozens of children. Fast forward, we're now dealing with murder murder trial. Here's the rundown of important details from the trial, which by the way, is filled with lies. Murdaugh admitted to being at the murder site. Alex Murdaugh repeatedly told police he didn't go with his wife and son to the dog kennels where they died. His initial alibi perpetrated that he stayed in the house where he said he took a nap before leaving to his ailing mother. But in court, witnesses identified Murdaugh's voice in a video taken by Paul at the kennel around 8.45 p.m., minutes before investigators say the shooting started. Murdaugh then made the extraordinary decision to testify. And while he still insisted he didn't shoot his wife and son, 
Murda was forced to acknowledge lying to investigators about his whereabouts. I lied about being down there, and I'm so sorry that I did it, he said. Murda cited paranoia from his drug addiction, his distrust of state investigators, and his growing suspicion as police swabbed his hands for gunpowder residue and asked about his relationships with his family. How convenient. The truth about lies. Sir Walter Scott wrote about the tangle webs we weave when we begin to deceive. Just look at the endless parade of politicians and famous sports figures who have gotten tangled up in their lies. But research shows that lies affect more than our reputation, they can affect our health and longevity. Research has linked telling lies to an increased risk of cancer, increased risk of obesity, anxiety, depression, addiction, gambling, poor work satisfaction, and poor relationships. So do liars create physical and emotional problems for themselves? Or do these problems make people more likely to lie? In most cases, it's a combination. And in many cases, these problems feed into each other, says Dr. Fitzgerald. The main way that telling lies impacts health and longevity is through increased stress. Lying is taxing both physically and emotionally because one lie leads to another. You can be forced into a nerve-wracking cycle of lies that becomes harder and harder to keep track of. Long-term exposure to stress can lead to serious health problems and can decrease longevity. Lying also can lead to depression and anxiety, damaged relationships. And then there's the issue of substance abuse. A teen that lies about using drugs or alcohol increases his risk of using it more. So if you find yourself in this type of relationship, I highly recommend that you run. Remember that understanding and coping with lying can take time and effort. Be patient with yourself and seek help when needed. Recognize and teach the value of truth and set a good example of truth-telling. Actively practice and talk about making good choices. Think long-term instead of short-term. Lies may be effective in the short-term, but help children and others see that they may have long-term negative consequences. People learn to tell lies early in life. Lying children may be following the example of their parents or may be lying to avoid their parents' anger. Even white lies can become habit forming, and it's true. Truth is a much better long-term strategy and can lead to a greater longevity. You'll avoid the physical and emotional stress that comes from telling lies. Lies make you feel like you're not worth anything or that you think your voice doesn't matter and that no one will listen anyways. It's a feeling of being worthless like no matter what you do. I'll never be enough. Don't put yourself on the back burner and take a leap to change your life. It takes one decision. Once again, thank you for listening to the Naked Truth Podcast. And remember, the more you know, the more you grow. <laughs>